February 20th, 2011, First Church and Parish in Dedham, the Reverend Raleigh Weaver, Follow the Leader. Sometime after the start of the church year, some of the parents and parishioners approached me because they felt the children were a bit unruly when leaving the meeting house each week to walk to their classes. Someone suggested that we appoint a line leader, and so the weekly task of asking who will lead the children began. You might remember that after we appointed a leader, we also discussed, as part of the children's message that week, the expectations of followers. It was clear to the followers on the first week that the point was to walk quietly and reverently from the place of worship, and so this was exactly what the children did. They walked out of the meeting house more quietly and then returned to their usual chaotic race to the classroom once outside the door. The next week I added some instruction for the leaders and followers that included continuing the regular reverent walk until they reached their classrooms. Once the exact rules were in place, the children were able to respond immediately. And now... Pretty consistently, they leave our place of worship and, following a line leader, walk from our sanctuary and continue that walk all the way to the classroom. Let us both congratulate ourselves that our UU children are just so very good and also acknowledge that by making rules and expectations clear, most children are able to follow through. While both of these things are equally true, today I want us to consider something else. I want us to consider that there is something else at play in this synergy between leader and follower that is able to move our children safely from our place of worship to their classrooms. The first thing I see at play is that the children really want to be leaders, and they take that responsibility very seriously. You may have noticed that each week when I ask who has not been a leader, they raise their hand in great expectation, hoping, hoping to be chosen. They take the job as line leader and as follower very seriously. And then each in his or her own way asserts their leadership authority. Some accomplish this with great gusto, and others in shyness, each leaving their mark on the job. Desire to be leader and seriousness of purpose are two great predictors in the success for leaders and followers. What of all the unpredictable events they must encounter? When leaving the meeting house to cross the driveway to the parish house for church school, sometimes unexpected weather conditions including snow and ice and rain and even a sunny day, or unexpected cars in the driveway— that block their way. All of the countless things I cannot even begin to imagine now, the children must navigate as they leave our friendly worship and head to class. And the line leader must be able to navigate them all with a moment's notice to safely get followers to their classrooms without incident. Sometimes the children must rely on their instincts to navigate their journey, and sometimes they need to rely upon outside help from a teacher to make it to their final destination without harm. Thankfully, this is not all that complicated most days, and so I exaggerate to make a point. That well-differentiated leadership 
is necessary in order to stay focused on the goal when the sky is falling. Several years back, I attended a workshop on systems theory in the ministry. Working in small groups, the facilitator had us each pick two people in the group of about six that we would stay an equal distance to at all times. We were supposed to do this without talking. Then he simply said, begin. Well, you can imagine what happened. People began shifting around and the system kept moving. Without knowing where each other's going, the system keeps moving and morphing based on the people in the group and how they interact with each other. This, he pointed out, is the way that all human systems work, not in a straight-line leader and follower situation such as our children model for us each week, but instead in a much more amorphous animal with no clear boundaries. Both of our authors this morning speak of this phenomenon in their books. Peter Stenke from Alban Institute described it as a delicate balance between individuality and togetherness. He goes on in part, that I did not read this morning, to use the example of Newton's theory of atoms by using billiard balls in a similar dance to the one our volunteers did this morning. And then he points out that since Newton's time, scientists have found subatomic particles that are so small they are not separate at all and bouncing off each other, but deeply connected in a relationship with each other. The conundrum for our modern leaders is that both are true. Just as our second reading from Edwin Freeman pointed out, most problems cannot be solved by simple instructions and follow-through. For example, if we had not told the children what I expected and only appointed a line leader, I doubt we would have seen much change in their behavior as they walked from the meeting house to their classrooms. And if we had told them to walk more reverently to the classroom without giving them any clear leader to show the way, I'm not sure they would have made it either. And if we continue to use the line leader method without any further instruction or repeating of directions, we are bound to see a regression in the children's ability to walk reverently over time. An understanding that moving systems change and that we need to always be ready to make adjustments is part of what makes a leader able to navigate troubles when they arise. Part of the problem as I see it is that everywhere from our churches to our schools and businesses to our government we have lost sight of what it means to be a good leader and this has increased the amorphous nature of our followers and increased anxiety. I have seen how companies and institutions spend little or no time on leadership development and choose leaders because of their tenure rather than their skills or leadership qualities. I understand why this happens in volunteer organizations. After all, volunteers are volunteering. And yet I believe if we don't raise the expectations of our leaders and increase the quality of our leadership, and give our leaders the tools to respond in the midst of a falling sky, then we are deferring our goals and plans for a more just community. Part of the problem in general is that our cultural values have shifted. When my father came of age, the leaders of his generation held to the ideals of integrity, worker inspiration and motivation, and fiscal responsibility. 
But when I came of age, ideal leaders seemed generally more focused on networking, statistics, and fiscal growth. Ethical guidelines, term limits, principles, and confidence are needed in our time. No wonder taking leadership in any organization is feared by some and greatly avoided by others. On this Sunday before President's Day, I do not think I could stress enough that the world needs all of us to become well-differentiated adults and well-differentiated leaders and followers. This church recently lost one of its most well-differentiated leaders. In her tenure, Diane served four terms on the parish committee, making her parish committee chair four times as well. And she also chaired the music and worship committee for decades. She made an impact. Diane was a well-differentiated leader. She brought her gifts to share. She worked with others to inspire their gifts. She stayed in touch with the community. She unwaveringly focused on the ideals and expectations set before her. I bring this up not to glorify Diane, but to point out that when we as followers allow one person to do that for us too often and for too long, we are in danger of losing the ability to do that for ourselves and of burning that person out. For for example, if we identified our ability to sing only with Diane, then when Diane died, our ability to sing would be gone. Fortunately for us, what she did with her singing and her life was to teach us the healing nature of music. She helped to establish strong traditions within this church that embraced music and helped to improve music and worship that will live long after any of us are here. Now, I am certain that Diane would be upset if I mentioned her contributions without mentioning her humanness, so I want to share with you a story Natalie suggested I share. That in her last days, when I was visiting her, Diane said, Oh, Raleigh, you shouldn't spend so much time with me. To be honest, I was sort of afraid that she was just using a polite way of trying to get rid of me. But my immediate response was to say, Diane, many members of this church would be very upset if I didn't stay with you. And then she looked just as astonished, responded almost immediately, saying, Oh, I never feel like I ever do enough for the church. Quite chagrined, I said, Diane, if you don't think you do enough for the church, then none of us do. We all have insecurities, humanness, and imperfections, and yet all of us can offer what we have to give. It is important for everything we do as followers to be more about the task than about any one leader or outcomes will always be dependent on individual strengths and weaknesses. Nelson Mandela reminded us, It's better to lead from behind and to put others in front, especially when you celebrate victory, when nice things occur. You can take the front line when there is danger. Then people will appreciate your leadership. To weather the storms all around us, we need to have the capacity to stand by our purposes and principles, understand our reactions and interactions with others, and think clearly and stay focused on our goals. We are so fortunate to have many strong leaders willing to do the work of this church. 
And soon, the nominating committee will be looking for new leaders to take their places in line. I hope some of you will answer that call, and I hope we will begin to help make others of us ready to take their places in line. Not one of us will be here forever. But this church has been built on a long succession of strong leaders, some good and some bad, but each taking their place in the line of leadership. Let us each garner our hearts with integrity and purpose and take our places in line as well.